Oh, it's time. There's a button here that says bad to the bone riff, and I'm going to click it. Good luck, everybody. I mean, go for it. I mean it was what it I said I mean, it, it was. is exactly what it said it was. <laughs> That's like the only button on that soundboard that has a clearly labeled. Honestly, it was a really, it was a big risk if I'm, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Honestly, okay, if I'm being I, honest. I haven't marked as an like, uh, explosive. <laughs> okay then we're good i i can do whatever i want <laughs> um oh my gosh well uh zorb and gorb we're back uh there there was there was an episode <laughs> but but it was tragically lost in the sands of time yeah there was like a zebulon ship that came in between the interstellar connection between the two planets and i just just blocked the signal for like such an amount of time that it was almost like one of us forgot to record i know it was almost like that almost like that well you know what in 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 the honor of um and i know what you're thinking that zorb did it and you're right he did do it it's his fault (laughs) gorb (laughs) do you want your planet to still exist (laughs) okay what's the question question last time i just escaped prison I don't know what that Sometimes I feel like the soundboard really ruins the quality, and sometimes I feel like it makes it much better. You can decide what just happened between those two. Okay, Okay, let's um, let's hit it. Let's hit it right from the get-go, huh? You know who did the question last time? I don't. I think I did, actually. Okay, all right. So, I mean, by all intents and purposes, the destroyer should go first. (laughs) Okay. All right. Here we go. Question go ahead, is: Gorb. How many kilometers? Because it's probably going to be easier to look this up. Oh, is wow. Australia in width at its widest point? Oh my God! No. I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm really. This curious. is just over, like the weight of the under. snake question. <laughs> it is. If it okay. involves numbers, I'm doomed. <laughs> Okay, all right. Do you want to guess first? How many maybe? kilometers wide? I'm gonna let like at its first. widest point. Yeah, I'm gonna go like a solid, like a solid. Uh, let's go six thousand kilometers. Okay, six thousand kilometers wide, Australia. Yeah, I I, I specifically made it kilometers because that's what they use, but also I don't know how to do that conversion. Okay, so. I'm. Are you I'm googling gonna, it? I'm gonna prices right you. Oh no! Don't do that. <laughs> What are you doing? I can't say 6,001. No, you can. But if it's under 6,000, I win. Okay, well, then I'm going to choose 6,015 kilometers. We'll give that that a shot. Am I supposed to Google it or are you? I'll Google it. Okay, you Google it up. Google in Gorb. If you ever need a different co-host. excessively loud clicking sounds i mean yeah Ooh. <laughs> was that you <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay all right i think what was your guess again mine was 6015 okay we were both way off oh um, no <laughs> hey at least at it, it wasn't my fault this time <laughs> at its most southerly point tasmania is almost four thousand kilometers okay wide. six thousand did sound like quite a lot if I'm yeah it did honest. sound a lot but i you know i always know that like there's like one point there's like is it more kilometers in a mile i don't know whatever <laughs> i was closer i went all right here we go <laughs> okay all right, all right Gorb, am i going first or second 
Yeah, so to just make sure we don't have another uh, Zebulon <laughs> ship pass through and, you know, you pull some shit on me, I'm going to let you go first on Okay, this one. sounds good to me. You got your timer ready? Oh, no, I do not. Ah, that's 15 points. <laughs> oh, no. I lost <laughs> Yep. I feel like with that soundboard, some of the things are really quiet and other ones are, like, deafeningly loud. <laughs> It's been so long since I've used the soundboard that I'm a little trigger happy. Yeah, you are a little trigger happy. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. Ricky is, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. 22.33 on the clock. You ready? Okay, what's my prompt? You can't start the timer without a prompt, Gord. No, I'm not starting it. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the tell me about a bridge in Prague. Go. Oh boy. Okay. Once there was um, a very big family uh, that lived on the island of Crete in Greece. Um, I want to say it was maybe like 20 something kids, right? Okay. Yeah. And they all worked on um, a farm. Okay. okay. And one what time, time period are we in right now? Like, is this it like is ancient Greece like, or like, like no, this is Greece. like the 1600s. I, I feel guess like all your stories are in the Middle Ages, but anyway, continue. <laughs> is that the Middle Ages? I don't know. Yeah, it's like coming on late Renaissance, but anyway, okay, there we go. There we go. Um, anyway, so one day, all of the kids, you know. They, they just got done with like a full day's labor and they span from age, like maybe like four up to like mm-hmm. 19. Okay. Okay. And they're working they're, on a farm, right? Yes. They were going to farm, but then Do they make um, wine. Is it, a, is it a vineyard? It's a goat farm. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of goats there. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. No. Um, so I always thought they herded the goats, but it was, okay. I got you. Listen, Gordon. <laughs> You can talk about herding goats in your story if you want. Um, oh, believe me, I will. All right, go. <laughs> Is that a threat, Zorb? A threat to the goats. Um, so they're all gathered around a campfire, right? And um, the oldest uh, brother, his name is um, Amph- Amphus. That's a Greek name. <laughs> so... He's he's telling a story, right? Because they've done their good days worth of farm work. And he starts to kind of like the atmosphere starts to change a little bit. And here is here is what he says, roughly translated from Greek. Okay. Would you all like to hear the story of toothless Todd? <laughs> Did you translate the name Todd or was it in the Greek story? It's the, the Greek, Greek version of Todd. Okay, if you want to Google it, you can. <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, this Todd my auto something? Trans- I, I really don't even know. But anyway, I'm, continue. <laughs> there is. Oh, there is. <laughs> anyway, he's he's he says to like all the like his fellow siblings, would you yeah. all like to hear the story of Toothless Todd? Ooh. And, uh, you know, Gerben and Vars oh and <laughs> Omega. <laughs> God, I love your thorough understanding of Greek names over here. <laughs> Jerpin, I think, is my favorite. <laughs> Very classic Greek. Ply- Plythos. Plythos. Ply- Pythagorean. <laughs> I think that might be going a little too far back, but, you know, just stick with Jerpin. I like it. Listen, their names aren't going to matter in a second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, he goes, do you want to hear the story of Toothless Todd and all the younger ones, um, Jerbin and et cetera? <laughs> Especially Jerbin. They're, they're, they're all like, they're like, yeah, like you, we do, we do. And young, young Micah, she's, she's the second oldest. I don't mm. know why I called her young. Actually, her full name is young Micah, kind of like a rapper. <laughs> it's young Y-U-N-G. <laughs> Um, young Micah. So she, she like, she turns to, um, oh boy, what was the oldest brother's name? 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I, I Amphis. Don't know. It was Amphis. Amphis. Thank you. Amphis. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Amphis. She turns to Amphis. Young Micah turns to Amphis. And she's like, Father, father said to never mention that story. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. How old is Micah? Young Micah. Mi- Micah. Young Micah is like 17, right? Okay. All right. And Amphis is like 19. So she she turns to him kind of like under her breath. She says that. Yeah. And then big How old, old big old donkus. <laughs> we'll talk about Yerbin in a second. <laughs> okay. Big old donkus Amphis is such a D-bag, right? He, yeah. he she kind of like on the sly, like says, like, hey, I don't know. It's like we should do the story. And she's like, and then Amphis is like, oh, well, guys young Micah doesn't want to hear this story. I guess she's too scared. And all the oh. kids are like, boo, young Micah, we hate you. Go suck <laughs> a goat. <laughs> That's what they tell each other if they okay. hate each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and young Micah's like, fine, well, that's it. And she sits down on a stump, okay? okay. And then... Uh, like far away from them or like no, still around no, she's the campfire? No, she's still around the campfire. Okay. And then, what was the young one's name? Gamphus? <laughs> No, it's Gerbin, Gerbin, like gerbil, but like with an N, <laughs> and like so, a Y in front. I'm guessing. Anyway, Gerbin, Gerbin is is especially interested. Okay. Okay. How old is Gerbin? Gerbin, Gerbin. Wait, Gerbin and Gerbin are twins. Okay. I thought it was like Gerbin, like you just took Azerbaijan and then just like changed it up a bit. But no, anyway, that's another one of the siblings. Okay. Oh, sorry. Okay. But, but we don't want to have any too many names here because it's not going to matter very soon. <laughs> Okay, all right. How okay, young is Jervin? Jervin and Jervin are both 11, okay? Okay, they're twins. D- double ones plus. <laughs> so one plus. Jervin, Jervin is like, Jervin is so into it, right? He's yeah. like, he's like, you got to tell it. You got to tell it. I need to hear it now. Like, he's kind of like freaking out. Like, he's tweaking, right? Yeah. And Amphis is like, chill out, man. I'll tell the story. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so he goes. It's not that to- important. <laughs> he goes, toothless Todd, some say was a farmer who lived close by to us, uh, the family of... Last name? Panthus. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's, that sounds Greek, right? I'm not going to weigh in on that. <laughs> Shut up! But... <laughs> the Panthus family. Supposedly, Toothless Todd was dad's like half-brother, right? And he had a farm not too far from here until one day someone found him um, in the goat pasture. (laughs) And and (laughs) Yervin and Dervin are like, what was he doing? He's like, well, in the goat pasture, he was uh, tying goats tails together and turning them into a wheel. Wait, what? Do goats even have long tails? No, anyway, the, the tears are not that long. <laughs> and, and um, young young Micah is like, shut up, you're telling it wrong. If you're going to do it, you better just tell it right. And she's like, well, it wasn't a wheel, okay? okay he, was, yeah. he was clipping their tails, okay? And he was trying to bury them to summon the demon goat lord Bahama, okay? Bahama? Bahama. Okay, And yeah. supposedly... Classic Greek. Supposedly. You know, the Bahamas settlers were originally Greek. And but obviously, I'm, they made those t-shirts. Classic yeah, there Greek. You go. Greek Yaman is just actually a word that is Greek. <laughs> okay, anyway. all right. Anyway, he summons Bahama. So, the, so the old god, I'm apparently guessing. father was okay, yeah. watching him try to do this, and he shouted out to to Todd, who was not toothless yet. <laughs> and <laughs> Bahama, Bahama, from the corner, father kind of saw a shadowy figure arise from the ground. Yeah, and Todd locked eyes with him, terrified, mm-hmm. and the father was like, "Why did you do this, Todd? What did you do?" And apparently. Uh, and this is M- young Micah telling the story. She says, apparently, the um, Bahama was able to grant a wish, Ooh. right? And Toothless Todd it's like, says, please fix my cavity. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> You're stealing my lines. Oh, sorry. sorry. That wasn't what I was going to say. Okay. Though. All right. Toothless Todd said, I wish I had the most beautiful smile. Right. Mm-hmm. And Bahama goes. <laughs> and then Toothless Todd tries to smile. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing there. But then he taps, he taps his teeth, and as soon as he taps it, they're there, but you can't see them, right? Wait, oh, okay, so they're, like, invisible. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so not there. only that, but he can't stop smiling. Mm-hmm. Okay. His mouth is open, and he can't turn it down. So, he so starts... everybody's just got like full clear view into his gums 24 mm-hmm. 7. Well, okay. that's the thing. That was the last time he was ever seen because his smile kept growing and growing and growing until his whole entire face turned into a weird smiley line. And then all of the kids at the campfire go, Oh, that's so scary. Oh. I feel like he didn't really grant the wish there. But anyway, and then <laughs> young. It's kind of like a monkey's paw type thing. I mean, obviously, like an evil god with a goat head might have a different opinion of what a nice smile looks like. But <laughs> to him, it's a great yeah, smile. Yeah, to him, it's beautiful. But I was like, yeah, it's a great smile. completely genuine. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what, that's great smile in goat demon language. Goat demon language, okay. So just when young Micah finishes the story, mm-hmm. young German, what was his name? German? I'm not really even sure. Ramen German. Yerbin and German. German, Class, German. They're quadruplets, okay. okay. All four of them take out a baggie full of goat tails that they had been hiding in their back pockets. Oh, God. I feel like all the other brothers and sisters thought they were weird their whole lives. Yes. They they were always, you know, the four of them didn't talk to anyone but themselves kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like quadruplets? Quadruplets. They German, German quadruplets? vermin and vernon. Vernon. <laughs> Vermin's the weirdest one. Vermin. I mean, yeah. Okay, that makes anyway. Sense. All right. Yep. Uh, that's a story for another time. Okay. And as soon as they do that, you know, like Amphis mm-hmm. is like, what the hell? And then all four of them say, in unison, we already made our wish. We already made our wish. We need a place to go where they do not serve us fish. Because they're tired of eating fish in Greece. You know how it goes, right? Yeah. And they definitely don't eat their own goats. And as soon as they say that, all of the family, Mm -hmm. all the kids, Mm -hmm. arrive in what city, Gorb? I don't know. You tell me. What city did they arrive in? <laughs> uh, it, it, in Prague. Yes, there you go. You got it. It was in Prague. So they they arrive, but mm-hmm. here's the thing. Mm-hmm. They arrive in Prague yeah. in the year three thousand and eight. Ooh. Okay. Now Prague. Black Eyed Peas songs memories, but anyway, continue. Prague in the year three thousand eight. You don't want to show up because then you're late. That's mm-hmm. on a giant billboard. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Because the Black Eyed Peas are all simulations now, and they perform concerts. Yeah, but that's not what you really want to worry about. I mean, they forgot when Fergie was president, too, right? <laughs> so, well, Fergie's clone. Yeah. For B. <laughs> to be fair, did wonders for the U.S. economy. But anyway, so they all they all arrive there. and They're all in like, you know, their 1600s garb. Mm. And they they arrive in the year 3008. Now, I could go into details of what happens in the year 3008 to this poor family. Mm -hmm. But that's not what I'm going to do, because to make a long story short, all of them end up dying in the first 30 seconds. (laughs) Except for Amphis and young Micah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Needless to say, they're a very, very swift. Are fish extinct in 3008? Is that why the goat god, like, went, like he didn't fully grasp what they meant? But, like, what's... How did you know, Gorb? Okay. All right. All right. Fish are completely gone everywhere. None of them exist. Like, are there still crabs? Nope. Oh. All, like, what about, like, 
all beings in the year 3008 are synthetic beings. Okay. Like even plants and trees and stuff? Nothing is organic matter. Okay. Now that's not to say that humans, quote unquote, don't exist. Okay. Because they have downloaded themselves into various types of moving machinery. Okay. Like Terminator. More or less. Okay. How much time do I have, Corp? I was waiting for you to ask. You've actually done pretty well. You got eight minutes left. Okay. So, needless to say, the family was transported immediately into the 3008 version of a gladiator mm-hmm. arena. Okay? okay. So, big freaking Pacific Rim robots are tearing each other apart. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. They're not even powered by people inside. It's just the rope. Well, I guess they it's are. robots yeah, channeling robots. <laughs> channeling. Listen, I don't try to. I'm not going to try and make you a 2022 so form. If you did do it exactly at 3008, does that mean a fish somewhere was like the last sentient organic life to disappear? Like a minnow in some pond? In 3001. Oh, wow. Yeah. Old lady. Garpin X97778 <laughs> was trying to keep her alive, but uh, you know, didn't work out <laughs> anyway. Anyway, I mean, sure. So, as soon as the whole family is there, boom, giant Pacific Rim robot steps on all of them except young Micah and Amphis. Okay, now basically, to make a long story short, they are able to kind of just like dodge the giant wartime thing happening no one even really seems to notice that they're there because nobody's used to any sort of organic life form even being they just anywhere. don't even see it exactly yeah. like if you're not looking for it you, you wouldn't you know see it, yeah. so they go out of there and they arrive at city central in prague okay mm-hmm. and they are unfortunate enough to be found by a certain robot named glarkin door five okay okay yeah so the blurb is part of the name right larkin door five the closest thing we have to associate him with would be kind of like a mafia boss okay okay? and he head of the robot crime family pretty much (laughs) except they download different consciousnesses and upload them into various robots that are not suspecting them but that's not what we're going to get into right oh wait i don't even think i even understood that sentence okay (laughs) exactly you're not supposed to (laughs) So he basically sees them and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, dang, this, this is going to be, a, this is going to get me a lot of glarps. This is going to get me a lot of cash, cash money. money. Uh, okay. So he takes dollars. them back to his, uh, his lair. Now, here's the thing. I've lied to you, Gorb. Are you ready for what I lied to you about? There no, is actually, I- in the year 3008, there is, a small colony of organic beings that is actually mm. left and survives hiding from the synthetic life forms by pretending okay. that they don't exist at all. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now they have never what been do they found. Eat? They eat each other. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, it's yeah, like the lottery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. What was right. the exact prompt? <laughs> With the four minutes and 50 seconds left. I mean, you did, the story was about, tell me about a bridge in Prague. Okay. Glad I kept it vague. I like where this is. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So their their colony is the only safe place that young Micah and Amphis could get to. And they are. I thought Glarkin took them to his lair. He's in, he's, they're in his lair, but robots don't really have the same idea of the passage of time. Right. Oh. So he just no, kind of left him in there. I don't know. And then like 17 years <laughs> passed. But he just forgot about it because he had other stuff. He They're had like do. in the sing- singularity, like sublime level consciousness. Pretty much. There's like that's like second sim. He doesn't even really I mean, care. You don't have so, to worry. Yeah. He's not he has so much time. He's like, yeah. okay, well, I'll just put them over here. They managed to survive because they uh they found some sort of photosynthesis patch that they that young you know, Glorb X whatever mafia boss guy yeah. had that he was developing right mm-hmm. because he is the one who basically on the DL 
helps this colony of organic life forms survive. Mm-hmm. Plot twist, he's actually kind of an okay guy. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get to know him, you know what I mean? So they is he even is he still like a, a head of the mafia, or is he just like he's just like a guy? But since you know, he's in it for the giant... money. He's really okay, in it for, yeah. for what the, the organic life forms can give to him. Like every once in a while, they give him one of their people. What does okay. he do with the people? But he, for them, was able to figure out a way for them okay, to not yeah. eat each other, which is pretty good. We're getting I mean, into might just details be that don't matter. Yeah, but anyway, continue. <laughs> so he basically, you know, Amphis and young Micah, they finally, after 17 years, figure out basically what's going on. Right. They mm-hmm. they figure out that if they can get a get to this island, so to speak, that they can um, they can live among people. At least the closest thing to people that exist in this era. Right. Wait, I thought the people were inside Glarkin's lair where they were already at. No, no, no. Glarkin just communicates with them and like gives oh. them stuff. But they they exist on an island. Oh, that's okay. That's, so they uh, just said 17 Central years Prague, by themselves. Right? Okay, okay. Yes. In Glarkin's lair. Okay. Yes. And then right. finally, after 17 years, Glarkin comes back. It's like a few seconds for him. It was like, hey, I been, bought cookies. They've been planning a plot to assassinate him for a pretty long time. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Okay, they throw water on him. That's all that it takes. That's all that it takes? Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> island's a pretty good place to live then. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yep. So he short circuits, and they kind of find what's called projection software can basically build any sort of item out of thin air. Right. Mm. So what, what do you think they're going to need to get to that Island? A very long bridge. Okay. So they managed to sneak past, you know, various different types of obstacles that for our 2022 alien brains are very hard to fathom. Okay. Yeah. But they get past them. Yeah. And they get to the large swath of river that they need to. It's more like an ocean, honestly, that okay, they need yeah. to pass in Prague. Is it water in it? Okay, I'm guessing water. Yes, it's water. Water still exists. So yeah. they basically form this giant magical bridge that they will cross. But turns out it's going to take them about a year to cross it. Okay. Oh, is, is it that big of a river? It's that big of a river. Okay. Okay. So it's definitely time and ocean. space don't work the same either. <laughs> okay. All right, you got a minute left. I could, I could spend so much time just telling you the details of things, but it doesn't really matter. Okay. You wouldn't so even get it. About three. <laughs> you don't even. I knew it before it was cool. Um. So they get. It's been three hundred and sixty-three days. Okay. And they see the people. Or at least mm-hmm. they kind of look like people. They have weird like fangs and shit, but they're not giant really Pacific Rim robots. So no, good. they're not. Yeah. And as soon as um, they get a little closer, they can hear them seconds. trying to talk to them, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, it. They seem like they're waving, but really they're telling them to stop because a giant robot fish, wait, what? Jumps out of the river and eats them. The end. Oh. <laughs> All right, that was. Um, but Bahama had the last laugh. You know what I mean. I thought Bahama was a goat. Oh, I guess he, he was. Just... He sent them to a place that didn't have fish, but a robot fish is what killed them. I mean, honestly, Bahama has a sense of humor, but he would kind of describe it as. Didn't Jurgen and Bergen make the wish, and they just got like caught up in the psychic tornado? Yeah, they should have stopped the goat tails when they had time. You know what I mean? All right. All right. Okay, we're on. All right. Whew, hell of a ride. Whew. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Gorb, are you ready for your crash like that in 20 years? Yep. Here we go. Let's do it. You got your timer set up? Oh, I was born ready, Gorb. I that, was, do you have your timer set up, though? I was timing you before you even knew what time was <laughs> wow that's deep <laughs> um are you ready yeah let's do it here we okay. go your prompt is to tell us the time that a koala saved the world got it okay all right i can do that is the timer on oh it's been you're 226 oh, okay. oh ooh. 
okay. 22, 22. Yeah, yeah I gotcha. I gotcha. 22.19. Right. So the prompt was to tell about a story about a koala who saved the world, right? How a koala saved the world. How a koala saved the world. Okay. All right. All right, time for a little background. Mm, yep. The year is 1978. Oh. We are in Sheboygan, somewhere in the Midwest. I know that's a place. I want to What's say that's a place. Sheboygan? I think it's, I don't know. I'm making it up. Anyway, we're in Wisconsin, somewhere else. <laughs> you could have convinced me it was real. <laughs> I think it might be real. I feel like I've heard it said. Anyway, okay. we're in Sheboygan, somewhere near that lake area. Okay. And. <laughs> Like the it's Great 1978. Lakes? Yeah, I think, I think it, yeah, one, one of them. Um, so, <laughs> 1978, we have our, uh, a young man named John Oswego. And he's born. Love it. So, he's, he's like a really young man. Like, he was just born oh, in 1978. Actually, literally, just like, like this. <laughs> That's not day. a young man. I mean, isn't a young, he's a male <laughs> child and he's very young. So anyway, he's a young man. <laughs> in I guess that's true. I mean, like, I mean, you know, yeah, older people would be like, oh, what's up, young man? And say it to Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. to infants. Fair enough. Just in the, you know, the NICU. Next so time anyway, I see a baby, I'm going to say, hey, what's up, young man? How are you doing? How are you doing, sir? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so anyway, we have John Oswego. And okay. so John, like, always, honestly, because his most, his parents called him young man, more as a joke, but it, like, really caught on. So oh, he's just always addressed incredibly formally throughout his entire childhood. Like <laughs> everyone, for, yeah. Your sir. majesty is happening? No, no, no like... just like the way you would treat like a, like when you're like 13 and you meet like, like a 60-year-old, like that, okay. that, that sign of reverence and respect. So they'd be like, um, like his 34-year-old math teacher, when she would ask how he did on the quiz, she would be like, excuse me, sir, how did you do on your <laughs> performance, right? So like it was a very formal... It was it was like a yep. town joke, but like obviously. Wait, so like must... they're not serious when they do it. They're they're like, or are they? They're presenting it as serious they're not to even him. sure at this point. It's okay. been going on that long. Anyway, it's just like everyone's doing it. So everyone's do doing it. it. So I mean, like it's bandwagon. Wh- yeah, it's bandwagon. If I don't do it, I'm gonna be weird. And also, if I move to the town, like I don't know if this is a cult. I don't know if he's Jesus. I don't know what's going on. So they all do it. Okay, so, but like if someone knew where to meet him, not from the town, they wouldn't do it. We're um, getting into specifics here. Honestly, we'll get into young man theory later. So whenever he goes outside of Sheboygan, um, he wears a T-shirt that says "Please address me by sir," and so okay. people usually catch on. Okay, anyway, gotcha. <laughs> due to this, the psychological ramifications were pretty severe in the sense that oh he, no, but he was also like he was he's got nobility. And, but also he was noble, humble, but also like, you know, he felt empowered in a sense of authority. Okay, did he have kind of like a big ego because of it? Actually not, because okay. like, it wasn't like a praising, like a your majesty it was more like the way you would address like a, a, a firefighter or a police officer or like a doctor or something, right? Oh, so like, okay. he felt a sense of responsibility. Oh, gotcha. So what did he do with that sense of responsibility? That's where we come in. So oh. 18 years after 1978, you can do the math. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's for the listener. That's for the listener. You, you crunch those numbers. Um, <laughs> he, he's getting out of high school and he's like, wow, I feel such an urge of responsibility, but also an urge to be like treated respectfully and feel some type of reverence. And I was like, what should I do with my life? And then... He's Catholic, so he's like, I guess I'll just go be a priest. So, okay, okay, so John Oswego goes to seminary, or I guess he gets his, like, undergrad somewhere else, then does seminary, he becomes a priest anyway. Okay. Okay. So John... At at what age is... Are we at his age where he's already confirmed as a priest now? Yeah, so he, like, you know, did the vows and stuff, probably, like, I don't know, he's, like, 28 now. Okay, Maybe maybe took, like, a gap year. I don't really know how priest college (laughs) works, but you'll think that's for the listener. Chew on it. (laughs) 28 years after 1978, crunch the numbers. Yeah. So now, you know, with the Catholic Church, you get like moved around a lot. So he gets sent to, um, I guess, I I don't really know what time period we're in, but it's 28 years after 1978. 
So I don't know if that's happened yet or it hasn't happened yet, but we're there. Okay. Um, so anyway, so he's like, okay. They send him to the southern tip of Argentina. Like like okay. down by like the Falkland Islands, like really far down. Okay, so he doesn't it's speak any Spanish. Yeah. No, no, is is the Falkland Islands? I thought it was a British territory. We, he's far down there. Okay. <laughs> you know, whatever. Okay. He's he's far down there. Um and the story's about a koala, right? Okay. So, <laughs> so he so, arrives, he arrives in very southern Argentina. Why was he very sent southern- there? It's just the Catholic Church. I guess they, you know, the priest down there died. They were like, they're we need a new like, guy. They're like playing darts. Yeah, they're just like, get the rookie. And they sent him there. Okay. So he spent like four or five years there and he really learned to appreciate nature, like the beauty okay. and the majesty of it. And like he felt such. They were Patagonias. What? Nothing. Keep going. No, no, no. no. There, there are no koalas in Patagonia, if you're wondering. Yes. Um, but anyway. He's really just appreciating the nature. And so he really comes to love this small town of insert name of town in Southern Argentina here. Um, the listener can do that as well. Uh, so <laughs> I'm not going down your Greek you're, rabbit hole. You're putting there. a lot of labor on this listener. I mean, it's active engagement. That's what, that's uh, that's what Padre like Oswego is all about. Yeah, it's like Mad Lips. Anyway, he really... He, does like five six years there and then he gets transferred again and oh dang was he upset about that um kind of you know he was like but it's like the vow of poverty and non-attachment so he's like i just gotta go where i'm needed but while he was in argentina he was on a hike this was probably like his first year and he was really having some serious questionings and doubting his faith and like obviously still struggling to learn Spanish, which proved a really hard problem to get around. Oh, but yeah. So when he was on a walk in like this beautiful Patagonia forest, he saw this shoe, like this really old leather shoe on the okay. side of the road. And he was like, ooh, this is interesting. I'm going to go check it out. I don't really see shoes out here a lot. So he went to go look at it. Um, and when he looked at it, out of the shoe popped a little elf-like creature. Okay. What? Are you laughing? You think that's funny? Have you been to the southern Argentina insert town name here for us? No. They got a lot of, <laughs> they got a serious elf problem out there. Anyway. Oh, yeah. This is like a malevolent elf? No, he's just like, he's what are you doing near my shoe? No, he's just like, back the fuck up. Like, don't hurt my <laughs> shoe. Like, I live here. Can't you see that? And, so uh, how small is he then? I mean, he's like pretty small, but also like he doesn't, it's magic. Did he I grow guess. when he came out of the shoe? You don't really know how space and time works inside a magical leather shoe, do you? Neither do I. So honestly, you know, Padre Oswego was pretty, yeah, he was pretty, um, pretty shocked. Um, but the elf was like, you got any smokes? And he was like, what? And he was like, you know, I'll teach you Spanish if you buy me cigarettes. And he was like, <laughs> okay. And then, yeah, so they just formed this really beautiful friendship. Oh, nice. Yeah, so so then, you know, five years later, whatever, he gets moved to Australia. Wait, did, were they like, were they hanging out and doing smoking and Spanish lessons that whole time? I mean, well, no, not the whole time, but in the beginning, yeah, like that was the initial agreement. Okay. Like for an elf living in a shoe in the forest in Argentina, it's like kind of hard to guess. Wait, it was only towards the beginning. What happened? Well, I mean, they just began buds. Like I know, but like if they stopped their Spanish, they would just hang after that, or did they lose touch? Well, so no, they didn't <laughs> lose touch. I mean, he took the shoe back. Um, okay. And then, like you know, they first bonded over you know Marlboros and the beauty of the Spanish language, and then mm. it really just came to like you know, let's get fucked up and do some coke, and you know, I gotta go <laughs> be up for Madison in the morning. Anyway, the elf was like a really ratchet dude, but like <laughs> that escalated really quickly. <laughs> I mean, he's a bad influence, but he's also like, kind uh, of a good guy. So don't worry about it. Anyway, <laughs> it's like actually an okay kind of guy. I think those things are mutually exclusive. <laughs> People are multifaceted. That's so true. are elves. Anyway. Fair enough. All right. So now we're in Australia. Really lost a lot of time now. But that's, it's that's where he was sent into, to? Yeah. So like okay. somewhere in like Southern Australia area, like near like the 3,500 mark on that kilometers area. <laughs> um so he's like there and he's like wow 
you know, he like gets on, you know, Vatican Airlines and like hops on. And all the other priests are like, yo, why do you have that old shoe? And, you know, he was like, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And like, did they like investigate it or something? No, they were like, fine by me. I just want to sleep on this fucking plane. And I just went <laughs> back to sleep. Like, that's okay. what any reasonable person would do. Yeah. Um, so he gets to Australia and you know, does this. He's like at this new church in this like small town in Southern Australia. And he's actually like, there's a lot of like kids who like mysteriously keep losing their parents. Like their parents just go missing. Right. Mm. Um, that's not the point of the story. It's like very suspicious. <laughs> Nobody's really looked into it, but there's a lot of orphans in the town. Um, okay. So Padre Oswego starts this like little orphanage outside of a sit new sydney is the name of the town look it up oh okay anyway yeah it's like not near sydney so (laughs) so padre oswego starts this little orphanage in new sydney and like all the kids are there and you know there's obviously the looming existential dread of like why do people keep go miss going missing in this town like you know but (laughs) are we gonna touch on that (laughs) no no nobody touches on it it's just (laughs) It's just weird. It's one of those places. It's, I mean, I don't even know the story there. Anyway, we have our one one kid. This kid's name is a uh, Rick Ricky. They call him Ricky. You don't need to know his last name. Um, so Ricky <laughs> is, is it like orphan. like he's scratching a record? Like Rick Rick Ricky? He's got a bit of a stutter. Oh, um, oh, so they give him like a a hard time for it. Yeah, him. yeah. And so when the other kids are picking on him in the orphanage, this is like many years later now. Um. Wait, how many like, years in is uh, Padre Oswego at this point? We're like 42 years after 1978. Oh my gosh, point. okay. Yeah, so it's been a minute. Um, anyway, so Ricky's really getting picked on, and the kids are like bullying him, and like they like to like throw mops at him and stuff. I don't, I don't know. It's a weird place, man. I don't know. Um, so he hides in the mop <laughs> closet. Creative bullies, is, I gotta give him <laughs> Or um, surprisingly uncreative. But it's a boys' home. It's what was around. It was around, yeah. yeah. And it obviously very much upsets Padre Oswego because the mops keep fucking breaking. But it's just it's a whole thing. Does he do anything to them? He's busy Um, (laughs) trying to figure out what people (laughs) keep talking to his elves. Well, no. So I mean, sometimes when they go, you know, snort coke off, you know off each other and but anyway, he's (laughs) going to. (laughs) Is this a romantic thing? No, you're missing the point of the story completely. Okay, this is where it really begins. Um, so everything else was just background. Yeah, it's all background. It comes into play, but it's really just background. Yeah. So Ricky, you know, to escape like the the bunch of mops being thrown at him, he like goes and hides in a closet. Fun fact: it's actually the mop closet, so it's like <laughs> a really bad place to hide. But he's not really that good at reading either, so like he didn't know that. So he gets in the closet and. Um, He's like looking around for something to defend himself with. He sees this shoe. Um, like he picks up the shoe and this little fucking, you know, weird looking Ricky don't speak Spanish. He's from Australia. Spanish speaking elf pops out and is like, you know, holding like a switchblade to it. He's like screaming oh. at him. It's like Ricky freaks the fuck out. Obviously. He doesn't like it when people touch his shoe. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, he's very protective of it. It's like a hermit crab thing. Um, <laughs> anyway, Ricky is like, what the fuck is this? I'm losing my goddamn mind. And yeah. the elf's like, because he's stuttering a lot when he says this. And the elf switches to English and he says, yo, if you buy me cigarettes, I'll get rid of that stutter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cigarettes are also really expensive in Australia. Not that the orphan has money, but like maybe he could like do some illegal shit to get money that's like harder for an elf to do. Say, so, how's, yeah. he, how's he going to get him? But I mean, like he's going to want to if he can get rid of his stutter. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. Ricky's like, oh my God, I'm going to need help to like get money and like, um, like you know to pay you to get rid of my stutter and like i don't have any money you're in an orphanage he's like did you How's know he that? Make where are money? you from and uh, the elf is like yeah i know that i've been doing coke with the priest off each other's belly buttons for like the last eight years um and you're like about to ask about that but it's it's too it's too far gone at this point so um yeah the elf who i don't think i ever named but he's just the elf um he's like okay cool you got some friends here? And it was like, no. And I was like, fucking lame um, <laughs> Fucking nerd. Well, go get some kids out from the hall. It was like, they don't listen to me. And he was like, hmm, okay, carry me out in the shoe. 
And so the kids are like swarming outside the, the mop, you know, room, um, which he's hiding in. And you know. he walks out like holding this kind of biggish, like a size 11 leather shoe. I'm at US 11, maybe 12 mm. leather shoe, kind of a boot. Don't want to get a, caught up in Australian with, shoe I mean, sizes. yeah. <laughs> with an elf speaking Spanish with a switchblade, like out, you know, just I yelling thought he switched to English. At least he switched back to Spanish because oh, okay. clearly it had a dramatic effect on anyone in Australia. Yeah. Um, Australians so, are terrified of the Spanish language. Well, I think it's more so that it's the elf. And, oh, it, yeah. and, and there's a lot sense. of things that nobody really knows what's going on. Also, these kids' parents died like two weeks ago and they, nobody's really looking into <laughs> it. So they're stressed. So anyway. It was all around the same time. I mean, I, I shouldn't ask about it. It's not really all around the same. It's just like a constant it's really drone of disappearances, but it's really not important. So, well, it is important in the sense that's why, that's why they needed the orphanage. Yeah, um, gotcha. So, yeah, this elf comes out in his shoe, like yelling at the kids, and they're obviously terrified. And one of the kids, like, tries to throw like water at the elf, thinking it'll, like, you know, melt him or something. Like it's gremlins? Yeah, something like that. Or maybe like, it was like holy water nearby. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a Catholic yeah. orphanage. And the elf, um, he just looks at him and, uh, he says, I can help you get money. And they, they're all like stunned. And he was like, listen, buy me cigarettes and I'll help you get money. Um, and obviously that prompts the question, like, we don't have money to buy you cigarettes. And yeah. he was like, okay. There's like, what, four of you here? Five of you? He's not really good with numbers. It's not really important in health culture. Um, he's like, how about I just all give you pyrokinesis and you just set shit on fire? And they were like, what? And then boom, they had the ability to light things on fire. He's like, he doesn't really grant wishes a lot, but also the elf is like kind of smart How about and, it? and twisted in his own way. And he like is kind of like eager to see how this pans out. Oh, like, he can so, like, just how many kids now have like fire bending? So like I would say there's like a rough like six oh, kids who are solid fire starters. And then there was like Ralphie, who's kind of tubby, but was like at the end of the hall at the water fountain. He was just like in the vicinity, so he's got like half fire starter abilities. <laughs> he can like do like small things, like kindling. He's got like a lighter. That's yeah. It's like he can make sparks with his fingers and shit. Um, so, so four, okay. four minutes, forty five seconds left. Gorb. There we go. All right. So this is where the story really begins. Obviously, <laughs> everything else was just background. <laughs> just background. Obviously, you know. They start like, because, you know, when you think about it, like starting fires doesn't really help you get that much money. It's not really the best thievery <laughs> defense skill. But the, the line so, of thinking was not exactly straight up there. Well, no, the elves was because he was oh. like, he was like, he just know, wanted to create chaos. Yeah. Because then he gotcha. could go rob the gas station and steal cigarettes for himself. <laughs> so it works. It's a win win either way. So anyway, another two years passed, 44 years Wait, after what? 1978. Um, yeah. Of those, of those six kids, three are dead. Uh-oh. One is in jail. Two are still around. And then, you know, Ralph is, like, still in the orphanage. Is you know, Ricky still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. Okay, um, so he was one of the ones that survived with firepowers, or did he never get firepowers? No, he got firepowers, too. Oh, okay. And in addition to, like, the of us that are... Um, and the elf, like, has cigarettes and stuff. Like, I mean, half the town burned down in, like, a couple of incidents. Is, did but... one of them turn evil? No. No, nobody <laughs> turned evil. Okay. Yeah. So, um, nobody Three minutes, evil. 30 seconds. Yeah, I know. I know. We're getting there. This is all leading up to the story. So, I'm just building <laughs> the scene. So, anyway, um, where was I? Oh, yeah. Two years later, Ricky stole the orphanage. His, like, younger, younger friend. I don't know. The town's all, it's just a weird place. One of the other kids named Sam is also there. He could, like, start fires and shit, too. You have three dead ones, two are in jail. Um, and then you have Ralph or Rolf or whatever. He's like the one who can only make sparks. Sparky boy. Sparky boy. He's like kind of slow. Um, and the elf, like he recruited other kids to like starfires and stuff. But, you know, it really, he really just never improved Rolf's abilities at all. So, um, <laughs> and honestly, <laughs> at this point, the elf has been like alive for like, you know a thousand years also he's like from south america where the coca plant is indigenous so he's got like a really high tolerance for cocaine way okay. higher than the dude from sheboygan 
Um, so he's like pretty much coked out of his mind all the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Setting the scene, Drew. I mean, Zorb. Setting the scene. Time check. Two minutes. Okay. All right. Two minutes. So now. <laughs> so many loose ends, Corp. They're not essential to the story. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. We're actually at two minutes now. I led you on two minutes. Okay. Two, it's actually two minutes. Yes. Okay, cool. I can, I can tie this up real quick. Anyway, you know, Ricky graduates, goes to college, like becomes a physicist. Um, but like she's kind of, you know, like starts a fire, not by accident, but kind of on purpose. University of Sydney burns down, but people really don't look into it. You know, Australia, they're really not big on looking into things. Um, <laughs> not really efficient cops there. <laughs> they're efficient. They just, you know, it, it if barely they start. pops up on the radar. Yeah. Um, so Ricky's like, you know, he graduated from the orphanage and died in a fire at college. Uh, Sam, or Sam now? Sam, I think, jumped off Sam a building. Is. Oh, he was like one of the other kids from the OG Firestarter crew. Okay. And he jumped off a building because he felt like the weight of his actions, being raised Catholic by a coke-doing priest and seeing imaginary fire elves. Time check? <laughs> one minute. Okay, cool. So, and then we leave us with a Rolf. Rolf is like fucking lame. Um, he gets out of the orphanage. He doesn't really get into college. So he kind of just like ambles around like, you know, the side of the highway, the dusty highway, like starting sparks and stuff. And then one time it's a really dry summer in Australia and he does a spark in the wrong place. And a forest fire, a little flame is just starting to spread out of the ground when this like little koala just walks by and stomps it out. And Rolf is like, oh my god, that's so fucking lucky. That koala just, like, saved, you know, Australia, my world, the world, you know, because of carbon emissions. It could have been so bad. And, uh, yeah, that's it. (laughs) I hit all the key points of your prompt, but left with many more questions. So many questions. I mean, but it wasn't essential to that part of the story. Uh, fair enough well <laughs> i mean i feel like the listener deserves an epilogue on what happened to the priest but we're not gonna give that are we i mean uh i can do i can do a brief give you get three characters to get an epilogue mm, okay. you choose them you can do it in order wait yeah yeah pick three now pick three. i'll give you an, yeah i mean do it now I mean, i'll be like quick i can sum it up pretty quick i don't want three <laughs> Okay, who do I you just want? want to know about the priest. Uh, yeah. Got a little too coked out. Started waving the gun around in town. Uh, went to jail and then suddenly disappeared because that really happened for a lot of people. And nobody really looked into it. <laughs> From what I hear now,